Welcome to Naming, Naming it, it, where we discuss pop culture, current events, and how they relate to the way that we live our lives, all through the lens of two black psychologists. Naming it is dedicated to acknowledging the elephant in the room, validating the lived experience of people of color. Coming to you from the Bay Area, California, we thank you for joining us. I'm Dr. Bedford Palmer. And I'm Dr. Lamisha Hill. Music on Naming It is provided by Lee England Jr., the soul violinist. Good morning, evening, afternoon. Yeah. Welcome to Naming It, y'all. Welcome to Naming It, y'all. We are back. Yeah, it's been a while, right? Yeah. I mean, this is the second episode of this new season, uh, but it's uh, we, the last the last thing that we put out was like all the way back in July. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We went on a little hiatus, but we got back at it, linked up in New Orleans. Yeah. Um, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, what was that? You know, uh, so so you all already heard, we didn't do a lot of commentary on it, but we you, you've already heard, hopefully, um, our live episode in New Orleans where we were at um, the National Council of Schools and Programs in Professional Psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had us come out and do a keynote, and uh, we talked about disrupting psychology through social justice and through social media yeah and uh we also did a plenary which uh if you didn't know because i didn't know what this was at first a plenary is when you have a, a, a workshop or a meeting at a conference right and everyone has to attend so it's not exactly a keynote but it's kind of right below a keynote so we have ah. like a keynote and a plenary and the plenary was an episode so hopefully y'all y'all enjoyed that episode. That was like real cool for us. Mm-hmm. It was. What do you think? I thought we had a great time. It was really nice uh, speaking to some other amazing psychologists, getting their perspectives on their identities, how how they contribute to the work, and how they uplift. You know, really, you know, and, and inspire uh, and take care of our next generation of of young psychologists. So. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I figure we should like do a, a little quick kind of, uh, you know, syllabus for, for the listeners. I don't know, like, telling them what's going on, actually, with us. Um, so we are uh, trying to, to we're, we're going to be doing some, some new stuff. We're, we're, we're trying some to, to bring in some new formats and the ways that we do interviews, the way that we talk about stuff. Um, you should probably be able to expect for, for Black History Month, we're going to be doing an episode every week. Um, but as we go forward, you can think every two weeks or so, we're going to have an episode that comes out and, uh, we're looking to do a season that's going to go all the way up into the summer. So, uh, we're putting it out there. You can hold us to it. We're going to make sure that the needs are met because, uh, definitely put it out there. So now, now we got to follow through. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm about. (laughs) Um, well, people were, I mean, we had a lot of folks who were who were sending messages of like what the hell naming it where y'all at you know I what I'm saying I think they missed us I, I didn't get what the hell I got you know we miss you no I definitely got what I think I literally <laughs> got what the hell where the hell are y'all at um, I got gifts like uh, like people like sending little cartoons of people waiting and stuff yeah no like you yeah we got we got you know there's different different ways of, of saying hey hello we still we still know you and we appreciate that yeah. yeah. So when you were down in New Orleans uh, to sort of like get into the episode for today and yeah, what we're going to talk yeah. about, when you were down in New Orleans, you uh, connected with a couple really cool individuals. And one person that you sat down with was, uh, goes by the name of Ashton Berry. Yeah. And she is a hospitality activist. Yeah. It was like, it was, you know, and I, we talk about this a little bit in the interview, but I, I was just, uh, it was actually... Um, I think it might have been right after one of our talks or right before. I I, I really needed. I wanted to get coffee, um, and I it, you you know I I have this thing about I don't like just regular coffee. I need craft coffee. Y'all. and like New Orleans is a spot for like craft coffee, y'all. Like you can't go like two y'all. blocks without finding like a good coffee shop. So I went down the street for no, just let you know you don't have to talk smack. Everybody knows I like I like coffee. Okay, so we were we we're going down. I went down the street. To this quick coffee shop, I wanted to get some coffee, and there was a sister in there, and I was like, 
she was like the only sister in there. Um, and I was like, hmm, I wonder if she'd be interested in the podcast because I'm all podcast minded at that time, right? So I just like kind of handed her a card and showed her like, hey, this is our podcast. And then I think she looked us up and then she was like, hey, you know, do you want to, you know, are you going to be here? You want to come to this activist event, to this, this, this community event? And, you know, we weren't going to be there long enough for that. But then talking to her, I found out that she was doing what she's doing as a, uh, a hospitality activist. And I was like, this seems like a person that namers would want to hear about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And while I was about to get on, you know, sharing with our listeners about um, Bedford's priorities for coffee early in the morning, even yeah, while number, traveling. Number one. Something very, very awesome number came one. out of it. Something very awesome came out of it. So something I really, very, I, I cannot, uh, I cannot. Something very awesome always comes out of it. Good coffee. Ugh. I don't know why you y'all, hating. I don't y'all, know why you hating. Y'all, I'm like, so can I tell, can I tell the story from my perspective about you Bedford say, and your coffee? If you want the whole thing, I mean, go ahead. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell from my perspective. So I, so, so listeners, so neighbors. I'm, you know, we're we're down in New Orleans on business. We're on business. So I'm trying to be on time. Wait, wait, naming it ain't business. I, but we were there Self-care on official business. business. Let me tell it from my perspective. Just, okay. Let me tell it from my perspective. Go, go ahead. So we're down there on business, and I'm trying to be on time. You know, I'm sitting up there. Was okay. Can you let talk, me tell it from my perspective, please? Yeah, please, go ahead, go please ahead. Please, stop interrupting. Drag me all you want. I'm not dragging. You are, okay. Oh, let me just tell it. Okay, Let fine, me tell it. Fine, So I'm there, I'm I'm, I'm in the building, you know, the, everything's getting set up, you know, here comes, you know, the kickoff session, it's the first session, we're supposed to be giving the keynote, and I'm looking around like... Okay, I'm sitting in the front row, like, you know, it's like, you know, church on Sunday in the first pew. I'm sitting up there and I'm thinking, well, where's Bedford at? And then I'm texting and then I'm looking, then I'm texting. Okay, well, someone's, the the, the welcome is, is going on. If Bedford is in the building, he is, he is there. However, he had to get his coffee. And this was two days in a row of Lamisha being anxious. And I was, the next day we were supposed to meet up, right? We were going to connect right before the session, before the plenary, before the live episode. And even in that, Bedford, I'm like, where are you at? He's like, oh, I'm going to go get coffee. And I'm thinking in my mind, I should have known better. In my mind, I'm thinking, oh, you're just downstairs getting coffee. No, Bedford's like, you know, probably near the French Quarter, See, exploring the city of New may, Orleans, may, may, getting the best coffee in the world. It's like, Lamisha, no, not just yet. Lamisha, would you would you like to join me? And I'm thinking, oh, you're just downstairs. This man is like three blocks away. No, yes, you were. See, look at you now. And then okay, it's like, now you, then we you, got you like already, 15 minutes. On, I'm out, trying to be on time. time, out, time and out, you're, time over, out, you're over here exploring the cities of the, New Orleans. Because you're not saying your, the truth. Getting your lovely not, coffee. Don't and listen he to didn't her. even offer to bring you back. You're not, you're not, you're not saying I'm, the maybe truth. Maybe I'm a little mad that you didn't even offer. You're like, yeah, just come meet me. I got my heels on. It's kind of drizzly out. I need, I need, I need some space because you, you are not like giving factual information you're putting out fake news right now I so great so my perspective no because your perspective versus what actually physically happened so that's let, my experience so, yeah we've, we've had whole conversations about on time and so that was your experience but like your experience does not track to what i actually did so let me tell you what actually happened okay so first of all you're mixing days because the day that I was talking about going, I, I was like asking if you wanted to go get coffee. That was the second day. That was the second day. So you said that the keynote, that didn't have nothing to do with the keynote. The keynote, I had coffee, the nasty coffee from downstairs. <laughs> okay. So like, let's keep that real. And that was that, there was no chance of me getting coffee because it was raining and the rain was going sideways. So while everybody, you expanding this stuff to multiple days and everything. No, it was the second day. Now let's talk about what we're talking about in terms of. So first of all, the first day is completely invalidated. Second day, we're going. We're 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 setting up. Now you're not bringing up the fact that I was up late setting up all the sound and doing all the equipment so that I so that so that we could get all that done in one hour, right? So when we walked in, the equipment just worked because it was magic. Because apparently, you know, the elves came I, and did that, right? I know you did. So I'm I was up late doing that, that. So maybe I needed a little coffee in the morning. Because you know you 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 went and went to bed. You were you were you got your rest and stuff. So then in the morning, what I did is I texted you and I said, "Hey, I'm going to go get coffee. Would you like to come?" That's what I said. 
I don't recall that part. Oh, That's I got not... receipts. Oh, do, we, do... Can, we can both pull the receipts. I yeah, recall, I recall say it the was same like, thing. let's, are you, do you have time to meet up? What are you doing? Yada, yada, yada. You know, we're, we're 30, 30 minutes out. And the, and okay, so let, 30, let's, 30 yes, we are 30, minutes out. We're, we're 30 minutes out. And the place is called, we were at the, um, see, see, we doing this. <laughs> so we were at the Intercontinental no. Hotel. Hold on. We're at the Intercontinental Hotel in New Orleans. All right. Now, any of you can go on to Google Maps. There's uh, the no. the the place that I was going to get coffee is mm-hmm. um is 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 mm-hmm. Cafe Bon Ami. Mm-hmm. All right, that is a block and a half. You can see the sign from the front of the hotel. <laughs> all right, so I don't know how long it takes you to walk a block and a half, but it does not take me very long to walk a block and a half. So I sat down there since you wanted to like drag everybody. I sat <laughs> down there because Lamisha was like, "Oh, I'm ready. We'll come." And I was like, "Okay." And so I sat down there for ten minutes waiting for Lamisha to That's come. That's not true. And then I started realizing. If I wait for Lamisha, I'm not gonna get my coffee. She don't care about my coffee. She <laughs> worries about true. some other stuff. That is true. Yeah, I do not yeah. care about so, your coffee needs. So I went. I was not. I was so not after, So after wasting ten minutes, you didn't have. After wasting ten minutes, I went down and got my own damn coffee, and I also ended up having meeting a nice person to have an interview with. So it was all kismet. Then I came back and we ran the thing. So what's the problem? You mad at my coffee when you need to be worried about your own stuff, man? I'm I'm taking care of my own stuff. We just have different different priorities. I, we're different. I, we're two far, different people. Did did everything happen the way it was supposed to happen? Everything happened wonderfully. So why are you trying to drag me over some? Coffee? I'm not dragging you. You know what? It, no, it would have not happened right if I wouldn't have had coffee. <laughs> I would have been grumpy. I would have been sluggish. Uh, I would have had. I would have had all kinds of problems. Heard. So there you go. Yeah. So as, as we as we. I don't we, know if the coffee helps. Yeah, so you, now you gonna talk about my body now? You, no, you know my, my internal workings and stuff. I didn't say that. Dang. I said the grumpy. Can, can I? The mood. Does the coffee? I am not. What are you saying? I'm grumpy. You said that if you didn't have coffee, you I would, would have be been grumpy. grumpy. Yes, that that that's actually like that's what coffee withdrawal it makes you drunk. It makes you grumpy. You like? Did you have coffee today? No, <laughs> I'm a little grumpy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. See? Point, point, can, can point, we move on? Point well made. Because I was just trying to introduce, I thought we were just going to introduce Ashton, and now you trying to drag me for my coffee, and I only drink one cup a day. I mean, dang. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm this, sorry to get you worked is, up. a black man trying to live in the world and get some coffee. I'm not allowed to have good coffee. I understand. <sighs> well, if you know, if you ever want to know what gift to get Bedford... Really good coffee. Yeah, as long as you know what really good coffee is. Because if you think Starbucks is good coffee, don't <laughs> oh, send me no Starbucks, y'all. Um, anyway, can we move forward, Let's please? Let's move forward. Thank you. Let's move on forward. All right. So uh, so, what, so do you have any shout-ins? Shout-ins. Um, yeah, you know, I want to do a quick shout-in um, for... Um, I'm just going to shout-in the second annual... Uh, 44 Days of Blackness at St. Mary's College, California. Uh, the work that the committee's been putting in, we're doing it again. We have another uh, uh, big slew of events, and we're going to keynote. We have a keynote. Uh, Bree Newsom is coming. Oh, Bree's coming. Yeah, yeah. Bree's coming. You, you, you know her like that? No, just... but that's just so exciting. <laughs> that's so exciting. Am I going to get an invite this year? No, last Everybody year. Everybody got an invite. Go on the website. But am I going to get a personal invitation? You're invited to come. Would you like to come? I will check my calendar. Wow. <laughs> and wow. try to prioritize it. Wow. It's a distance, though, Bedford. It's not. It's closer to your house than your work. It is. What that are you is talking true. about? That is true. See, but then don't, getting don't here try to from clean the it up. Bar, that's don't a try to clean that's it up. That's a different story. Mm, it's mm, not straight mm. off the See how she do me, y'all? See how she do me? Um, but I'm excited. I'm going to help you with that. Oh, thank you. I'm excited that Bree's coming yeah. to, to be with your community. That's really great. Yeah, we're we're really excited to have her. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I think that that's uh, you know uh, an exciting thing that's coming up. Cool. What about you? What, what's your shout ins? You know, I'm gonna I'm just gonna give a shout in to the the namers um, who have been reaching out to us in between our absence, really yeah. requesting yeah. our presence. So thank you all for for extending that love. Yeah, we appreciate you. And y'all. your patience. Yeah. And uh, if you, I mean, if you're listening to this, so if you're listening to this, then you've already done this, but go tell your friends 
to make sure to to keep subscribed to naming it because the way the podcast apps work there was a bunch of time in between so if folks were listening they might not still be getting our stuff kind of popping on their phone because we took too long in between so we will we will make a commitment to do better <laughs> and uh we just hope that you know you can uh translate to all the folks who may not have uh, gotten this episode that this came out and that hopefully it's a, it's a nice episode that you want other people to listen to yep absolutely right. cool so are you so, gonna play the champs oh i think yeah. it's that time okay yeah so go ahead y'all do that what's going on <laughs> hey no, and no. What's going on? <laughs> you just clip that and use that for the rest of the time. You <laughs> there's a lot of things going on. Yeah, uh, there's so much stuff that, I mean, okay, so I think uh, a lot of people want us to go back to, like, July and hit every single point. That ain't going to happen. July? Yeah. Cause I'm like, I, what happened? We got, didn't one of, you, one of the homies, one of your homies, like, send us a, a, a message on a naming it website. And was just like, they just listed like a gang of stuff. Like, I want you to talk about this. I want you to talk about this. Y'all need to hurry up and come back and talk about this. And it was like, I, um, no, yeah, I don't, we, I don't think we, we're going to be able to do all that. We can't but. do all that. Uh, but we can talk about what's going on right now. Yeah. yeah and yeah. Um, I think, you know, most recently there's been some a lot of movement in the political arena uh-huh. uh, for campaigning for 2020. Yes. And Can I just say like Issa Rae? Go ahead. I'm for everybody who's black. You root for everybody black. I'm rooting for everybody's black. Yeah, just I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Just rooting. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We I don't I don't know if we can. I don't think I have as as much political knowledge to be able to talk about all the candidates. But when I did look at look at them, I was like, who are all these people? So that was that was just. Well, yeah, there's a lot of folks out there. But one um, face that we do know for sure is. Kamala Harris. Yes, our senator from the state of California. Yes. Great state of California. She yes. she yes. put out her presidential bid, had a great interview on CNN with, uh, I think it was Jake Tapper, uh, yeah. first town hall. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yes, but uh, she announced at Howard um, at her alma mater, and she uh, she came and did a big rally in Oakland, which, I don't know, were you able to go? No, I didn't uh, even know about it. How, how, how you not? How you not know about it? I didn't know about it. How do you not know about it? I really didn't know about the it. The whole city knew about it. How did the whole city? I, Lamisha didn't know about it. I need you to. I, I need you to, to. To. I need to stay connected a little please. bit better. I, I knew but about what, it. How did? But how did you know about it? Like where? Because everybody told me about it. Oh. We were in New Orleans when it was. Because I was like, I was like, what? man, I wanted to be. If if it wasn't for the fact that that. I needed some self. We were doing me and me and my partner. We were doing some self care stuff and uh and like spending some time together. Um, I would if it would have just been business, I would have came back for that. But uh, yeah. So uh, uh, she did this huge rally in mm-hmm. Oakland, and um, it was I mean it was huge, and her speech was amazing. Yeah. Um, she also has a book out. Mhm. Mhm. I think it's called The Truths We Hold. Pretty sure. Okay. I got it on audio. Oh, maybe I'll check. I'd like to check it out. What I really like to check out is if uh, if uh, Senator um, and candidate uh, Harris would like to come on naming it. We'd love to like talk in depth about your book and like about everything. You know, yeah. okay. So I wasn't gonna bring this in because you were talking about your work stuff. I can go ahead and talk a little bit about my, my work stuff Please. too. Please. So every year for. Um, the organization that I am a part of, it's a staff organization called the Black Caucus, was founded in 1968 um, after the assassination of MLK and black workers at UCSF really got together to try to advocate for a lot of change mm-hmm. uh, because they were experiencing some pretty disparate working conditions. Things like, you know, you know, working in a lot of the black folks, you know, worked in a lot of service service capacities, uh-huh. um, whether that was custodial or um, um, in the food service industry as well on on site in the mm-hmm. hospital mm-hmm. and you know essentially you know if they were serving food in the cafeteria or in the dining rooms they weren't allowed to eat their lunch there they had to wow. eat in the basement yeah. if they were cleaning uh the hospital rooms in you know on the highest floor of the of the hospital building you know we had 12 13 14 stories and they needed to use the restroom they had to go to the basement Wow. Uh, they didn't get paid regularly. They didn't get the same access to leave time. And, you know, other things about, you know, just, you know, feeling like they had agency in their in their 
in their work and in their day. You know, they didn't have those things. So they went on strike to really advocate for change um, in 1968. So every year, um, and for a lot of years coming, we there is an annual large scale, you know, uh, evening event. It's a gala event, and mm-hmm. we try to find keynote speaker. So mm-hmm. last year, the keynote was London Breed. Yeah, uh, came through, mm-hmm. um, and that was really exciting. It was a big old surprise. Came through at the last minute. Really, really grateful. And this year, even last year, for a couple of years now, we've been trying to get in touch with Kamala Harris. Yeah. And it just has not worked. And I felt like this year we were oh so, 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 so close. <laughs> yeah. But not quite. No. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. We have yeah. a great keynote. No, we have a great yeah, keynote lined yeah, up. Yeah. I might talk about that later. Okay. I don't want to okay. spoil it. Yeah. No spoiler alert. Okay. But in terms of, of Kamala. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like you got to catch people before they hit that meteoric oh, rise. Oh, man. Yeah, but we so, tried. This is two yeah, years in the yeah, making. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Well, um, I'm not going to mention the fact that, like, Freud will just, like, bite you in the butt every time because now I see why you did the whole invite thing. Because last year we talked about how you didn't invite me to see London Breed and you didn't invite me to, to the gala and you never invite me to the galas. And then we talked about it and all that other stuff. But And then we came to – and you tried to flip it on me about the 44 days. You, and see, now what I can do is I can little, flip it back a, because I've invited you. So what's okay, up? Okay, Bedford. Yeah, you okay, have Bedford, the invite. Bedford and plus one, I will extend an invitation. Oh, I can't guarantee. See, see, don't even, don't even. Nah, I'm good. I don't want. I don't oh, want. Gosh, no. I don't want your pity invite. No. I don't want your. I don't want your like. I'm gonna tell you on the radio right now, and then as soon as we turn it off, you ain't gonna see. Look, y'all ain't gonna see you me at this gala. You have to understand. It's a. It's a. Just, just stop. Just please stop. There's no. There's no. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. It's expensive. Oof. So. What the hell? What the. What's, there's so much implied there. You know what? It's not. You know, I, I'm good. I'm good. I don't I don't want to go to gala. I'll go and I'll have my own. I will play on my own gala. Thank you very much. All right. So I don't know all of the details for Kamala's presidential campaign and what her platform is she's running on and all those things. But I just know that... She put it out there, and she's getting a lot of a lot of interesting feedback. Uh, and and I think this gets into the conversation about you know, I think a lot of people had a lot of strong reactions about Hillary not winning, and what was that about? Was that about gender? Was that about race? Was you know, was it what was there? You know, mm-hmm. in the post Obama kind of section, mm-hmm. and it's really interesting. I think we've talked about this, but the way that white women are portrayed in politics and that being very different from how black women are perceived in politics and i and i and, and i'm framing it that way because i think there's a i wonder about some of those intersections around identity you know when we have i think most recently in our recent memory these very two kind of polar opposites between Trump and Obama and the ways in which other political uh, individuals fit into, you know, this spectrum. Well, I mean, I, I think it's the same stuff that women, that women of color and black women have to deal with all the time. Right. It's that it's the intersection of sexism and racism. And so you get hit with multiple things. Hillary Clinton got hit with sexism, hardcore, you know, all day. But. I mean, I noticed when Kamala Harris came out, it was immediate. Like the, it was just like a, a a nasty outcry that, like people actually wailed at the idea of her being out there in in a way that, I mean, people have been making uh really actually you know reasonable claims about her record in terms of being a prosecutor. And, you know, as, as you, if you listen to Naomi, you know how we feel about police violence and about corruption. Um, and we're not, we're not about it. Um, here's the thing though. If you're talking about any of these politicians who are, who are running for president, they all got dirt, you know what I'm saying? And there's a specific kind of vitriol that comes out, particularly for black people and particularly for women, and then way specifically for black women, hmm. you know? Um, and I saw stuff like there's a comedian, I'm not going to name him, I don't feel like I'm not trying to, you know, sub subtweet this guy, but like um, he did this really like 
this this yelly angry thing about like her record and talk you know talking about check that out and all this other stuff i ain't never seen this dude do anything about trump i ain't never seen him talk about mccaskill or with i don't know like he, he hasn't talked about the conservative folks he hasn't talked about other people but when this when this this um biracial black woman mm-hmm. uh goes and puts her name out there, suddenly he has something to say. And I noticed that with a lot of people. They just have all this stuff to say. And I'm like, yo, like, yeah, there's some stuff. But if you read deeper into her into her record, one, as a senator, she's the most progressive senator. She has the most progressive voting record right now. And then two, there's actually some stuff to what she was doing in, as a prosecutor that if you look past some of the other things or I don't know if you there there's 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 a scale. There's a there's something that's happening there. You know, it's not not all of it was great, but she was into diversion programs. And like, if you don't know what a diversion program is, it's where you, you, instead of sending someone to jail, you send them to a court that's for the issue that they're dealing with. So whether it's drugs or whether it's, um, like a mental health court or whatever, it's a way Mm -hmm. to kind of keep people out of the system. She was against, she was doing stuff to reduce recidivism. So, I mean, yeah, she was a prosecutor. She did things that prosecutors do, but she was also a prosecutor who did things that prosecutors don't always advocate for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, you got to make your own decisions about that, but the way that people came up against her right. was just ugly in a way that I don't... I, the only thing that makes sense to me when things don't make sense is is what we said. You know, if it, if you're messing with a woman and it doesn't make sense why you're being so mean, it's probably because of sexism. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're messing with a black person and it doesn't make sense why you hate them so much, it's because racism right that's my thought yeah so we'll, we'll see how it how it progresses and how it shapes up um and you know other people have already commented about you know essentially the ways in which you know political parties can dilute the um their reach in terms mm-hmm. of their audience and and the voters that they're trying to target because mm-hmm. there's too many kind of hats in the ring essentially and a lot of things get split and yeah. different perspectives mm-hmm. um but we'll see we'll see how things kind of move and how they yeah, progress because yeah. i mean and maybe this just me but i know half them people <laughs> <laughs> well you know this is one thing if i could just say this one last thing about it um uh, for folks out there i'm just gonna ask you to do this look at the when you start thinking about who you're supporting and how you're supporting them and you give criticisms and whatnot Pay attention to your criticism. Pay attention to what you're actually saying and then match that to what other people are actually saying. This, I, I, you you got to validate your, your, your opinions in some way against the company you're keeping who have that opinion, right? So if you start saying stuff and Fox News people are saying the same thing, then you might want to wonder about, one, your source, and two, like the company you're keeping. Um there's reasonable ways to critique people and then there's stuff that's like unreasonable and then there's fake news stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of that, we have to be cognizant of that in every single way that we go out there and start talking about this because the truth is that Russia is messing with our election. There's news out about China taking on like the same kind of stuff. And then you got like conservatives and you got like neoliberals, you got all these other people who have all kinds of axes to grind. I mean, there was just recently uh, NBC executive tried to blame Kamala Harris, like actually tried to like say that, well, Kamala Harris said that this governor who we found out is a racist in, in, oh, the in, one in that Virginia. Was, oh my goodness. Yeah. So, I, right. So she apparently when no. he won, she said positive things about him around race and stuff. And now they're trying to say, oh, because she said positive stuff about him, there's something wrong with her. But we didn't know about this yearbook nonsense until yesterday. Right. You know, so it's like, wait, so, so this is got to be so magical that she has to go in the past and understand someone's full past before she ever says anything and be more investigative than the news. Right. You know, so anyway, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just like, be careful, be careful whose company you're sitting in when you, when you say stuff, because sometimes you might be sounding like somebody you don't want to sound like. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. So we're going to try this new format. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let's dig into the real talk. Real and talk. 
on this episode of Real Talk, Bedford sits down with Ashton Berry in New Orleans. Yes. So Ashton Berry identifies as a hospitality activist, and Bedford, you got a chance to sit down with her and uh, hear her describe the, some of the work that she's trying to do mm-hmm. to raise mm-hmm. awareness in the industry, yeah. but also bring in some of those perspectives around social justice and uh, diversity and inclusion. Yeah, yeah. So you, let's. Uh, you want to hear some of that interview? Yeah. Why don't we start playing it? Okay. Hey, this is Bedford, and we're going to do a a really kind of cool Real Talk episode, um, a Real Talk interview. I'm out here in New Orleans. Um, You all know we just did this live show, um, and uh, I was just going out to get coffee, and I I ran into um, an activist, and uh, we just kind of started talking, and and I thought you all should uh, hear about um, some of the work that she's doing in the area. And uh, so I'm going to do like we normally do and um, I'll introduce you to Ashton Berry and um, let her tell you about herself. Hi, I'm Ashton Berry, uh, originally from Chicago, Illinois. I now live in New Orleans. I am a food and beverage activist. I work in the hospitality industry as a beverage consultant and an operational consultant. I basically help restaurants open or reimagine the work that they do. And I also do a lot of activist work within the hospitality sector. I focus on conversations about intersectionality, implicit bias, how communication patterns affect spaces, inclusivity, and safety. That's really cool stuff. And I definitely resonate with it because it's a lot of the similar work that I do in my everyday job as a diversity and inclusion kind of expert in higher education. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I didn't even, I guess I, I didn't actually know that, I didn't have a consciousness of uh, hospitality workers having kind of a specific activist um, arm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, so when she started going and started talking about kind of what she was doing, it was really, really interesting. You want to hear some of that? Yeah. Okay. All right, thank you. Um, so... The way that we do Real Talk is that we basically ask about how your work intersects with social justice and how your life intersects with social justice. So could, could you tell us, tell us a little bit more about, like, the work that you do and, and, um, and just, like, kind of, like, how you, live, how you live and what you're doing? Yeah, so the hospitality industry uh, is one of the fastest growing industries. Uh, it has never stopped growing, as a matter of fact, and it also has some of the largest, fastest growing adjacent industry meaning farming and beverage industries. Uh, There are about 13 million people who work in the hospitality industry at this point. That includes hotels, restaurants, and bars. Uh, While it may not seem as this is is an area that needs a tons of social justice, it actually is because the hospitality industry is one of the few last industries where you don't need credentials in order to be a part of it, meaning people can start at entry level and then climb into leadership and other positions. It's also one of the few industries where people can make or or attempt to make a basic living wage um, from tips. And that definitely depends on what type of sector you're working in. Uh, I want to say that corporate chains versus fast food chains versus full dining service restaurants are all a little bit different. I'll operate a little bit differently. Uh, I got into the business. I've been in the business pretty much since I was 16 years old. I The work that I do is really focused on helping marginalized identities, whether it be people of color, uh, women, immigrants, whoever it may be, kind of gain access to those leadership positions and also educate people in leadership on why they need to be more inclusive um, of people who are entering in from these positions. If you don't know, women and women of color specifically make up most of the people in entry-level positions within the hospitality industry. Um, The second group is going to be people of color in general. Um, And that even expands when we start talking about the farming industry in terms of entry-level and then expands when we start talking about fast food and other other kind of chains. Yeah, so I mean, there was a lot of insights there that I had never thought about, like this idea that the food industry um, 
is a space where you can kind of work your way up and it's one of the only places you can do that because i mean you can't do that i mean it's almost impossible to get a job now probably outside of hospitality without having um some sort of degree i mean outside of like doing kind of like delivery work or factory work or some other some other kinds of services um so i mean there's probably other industries that are are kind of adjacent but um when you think about you listen to some of the narratives of people who are successful a lot of them talk about working their way up uh from you know working tables to being chefs or sous chefs or whatever like you know yeah and the thing that she mentioned that i wouldn't would have never known and she talked about farming as an adjacent industry to hospitality yeah 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 it would have never i would have never paired those things together right yeah so it's 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 I, I can see like a line of social justice that that goes with this idea of, you know, if you don't have any resources and you need to start making money um, and this is a route, you know, mm-hmm. this is a route to being able to kind of take care of yourself. Uh, but I wonder, like, what are some of the barriers? Right. Like, what are some of the things that get in the way of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Why do I do this work? Uh, I do this work really not by choice, but because it's kind of a necessity. I am one of the few women of color who has climbed and been only women and, uh, and certainly the only person of color that was representing in front of the house. For those of you who do not know restaurant lingo, front of the house includes bartenders, servers, management, and such else. It's basically people that the guests interact with. Uh, I have a background as a sommelier and a bartender. Um, I've managed multiple bars and I was always the only woman of color. Mm. Uh, And then when I started taking on management positions, again, I would generally be the only person of color and deaf or the only woman. So this work came out of necessity because if I want to see a change in terms of the space and who are my peers, it requires me to do this work in order to make sure more people get opportunities and that them getting the opportunity isn't um, negated by people's implicit biases, which is a huge thing in our industry. So Ashton just mentioned implicit bias and implicit bias or unconscious bias, those terms can be interchangeable, uh, is essentially, you know, defined as um, thoughts or attitudes and behaviors um, that really mirror social stereotypes and that uh, kind of kind of come up automatically without folks' awareness. And it can really impact the ways in which they interact with people, the ways in which they are thinking or not thinking about folks in different spaces. Uh, and depending on, you know, how it shows up, it could show up in a simple way of how we treat people differently. Um, you know, she's talking about hospitality industry. So how someone might be received or greeted or not greeted based on how you, you assume that somebody looks based on how they walk into a door. Right. Are they a guest? Are they, you know, there to drop something off? Or, or I mean, like, how what, I, I'm wondering, like, kind of, like, what is a host supposed to look like? Mm-hmm. You know, um, can every body type and every, every skin color and every gender be a host or hostess or... How can what what does it mean to be a bartender? Do you have to have a specific look or come from a specific background? Or you know, like I remember when I was when I was a a teenager, uh, I worked at McDonald's, mm-hmm. and um, at the McDonald's I was at, the black people and the white people, and the Asian people would be at the front doing register stuff, and all the Latin people were in the back cooking, mm-hmm. you know, and there wasn't a lot of overlap. You know, so we were like, there was a racialization of like who was supposed to be where, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I want, I think that that might be. Kind That's of, exactly, yeah. I think, what she's that that Ashton's really getting at, and. Yeah, yeah. So you uh, you ready to hear some more? Oh, absolutely! That's really really interesting. So you've you've already kind of talked about how um, you work with marginalized groups and like you're doing this work out there, Um, particularly like how do you see your work in its connection to pushing forward social justice? Um, I mean, I think specifically it's about education. It's about making sure that workers are educated about what their rights are. There's a lot of myths and a lot of mystification 
because a lot of these spaces, unless you were from McDonald's or Starbucks, a lot of these spaces do not have HR companies. So it's not clear what your rights are as a worker. So it's really from educating the workers on what their rights, but also um, educating more business owners about how do they inherently create safer spaces, even in terms of what they allow and don't allow from guest interactions. Because one of the other issues is that you have a third party in the hospitality industry because some of the abuse is actually exacted by guests. Right. Okay. while you're doing all this, um, I mean, there's always the question of, okay, you're doing work. Why would you go to the trouble and the pain and the expense and the risk of taking on a cause of, of trying to advocate for people? Why not just kind of do your own thing? Um, I guess, one, I don't see it like that. Two, I think that's a very scarcity style of thinking of something. Um, I don't think of helping other people as taking away from me. And I think when we make things oppositional as why would you not do this? Why would you do this because of this? Um, We make ourselves oppositional to things. So I think it's about reframing yourself and to think about how do you leverage space for yourself and leveraging space for yourself requires leveraging space for others so that you expand the network and expand the amount of people and support network you have. So that's the way I look at it. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, you hit on a bunch of different areas. Um, There's a lot of debate right now um, about labor and about like, you know, minimum wage and about tipping and like what, you know, who's supposed to take on the cost, right, of of someone else's work. Um, At this point, uh, I think like for me, I think, you know, we haven't fixed the problem around like getting wages together. So folks have to tip, mm-hmm. folks have to like take care of folks. But could you talk a little bit more about? Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the issues right now is that people actually don't understand where tipping came from. So for those who don't know, tipping actually is a product of 1865 labor laws that came out after people were newly freed as slaves and they wanted to restrict the accumulation of wealth that black people could obtain. So one of the ways that they did this in one of the areas that uh, black people went into who didn't go into other jobs like sharecropping and things was the domestic work and hospitality work. Um, These were the two places that they were really able to be hired in um, unless you had a skill like blacksmith or something else that you had learned prior. So one of the ways that they were able to restrict restrict their accumulation of wealth and also restrict their ability obviously to move um, throughout the world was through tipping. Mm. Um, And so I think it's really important to acknowledge that a, because when we understand where it comes from, we understand why it is sti- it can still be disempowering. <laughs> With that said, I think that until we start to classify the different branches of hospitality, trying to do a unanimous what works for wages will never work in this country. Because the fact of the matter is McDonald's doesn't run like your mom and pop bodega in New York, which is also considered a food service place, Mm -hmm. which doesn't run like your hotel, who has a bar and a full restaurant, which doesn't run like your white tablecloth place. I have worked in hospitality, um, like I said, since I was 16 years old, and I make more probably than the average person. Mm -hmm. That's the reality of it. Since I have been 18 and basically been serving, I averaged a shift $200 to $500. Okay. Right? But... I am a rarity. I worked at fine dining places. I worked at higher institutions. That's not the truth of the matter for someone who works at Applebee's. Right. Specifically a server. And so until we start to make branches of hospitality uh-huh. where we state this is different work than this is, than this is we're going to continue to have this problem. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So there's so much to get into. I just want to start with a piece around tipping and tipping culture um, coming from a way to uh, further marginalize and restrict um, the upward mobility and the ability to generate wealth for newly freed slaves. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I think the whole idea of someone having optional pay is, is, you know, that's such a ridiculous idea on face that we accept all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that one of the things that people may or may not be willing to admit is that we're all complacent, you know, especially until you learn. Like, I mean, at this point, 
yo, I tip every single time. Like, it's like 20% period. Like, but I think a lot of folks come up with this idea that the tipping is connected to how satisfied you are with service. Mm -hmm. And that can be really problematic for people. Right. Absolutely. And going to, to think about tipping in that sort of like 1900s time and era, right? For someone to be subjected to feeling as though the, all of their worth is tied to someone acknowledging that they are there and that they are present and that mm-hmm. they've done a good job when we know the level of racism and hatred was just obscene. So it's hard. I think knowing, you know, when you say, you know, you always tip very well, I try to think of myself as a, as a strong tipper as well. And just not having that full spectrum of, of thought that mm-hmm. Historically, it was optional for people to grant gratuity, right? It was a gift in that way. Well, I mean, I think it still is. I think it, it still is. is, but I think that people feel perhaps there's more of a shared either understanding or connectedness to the culture of tipping now. But what what I think I'm just kind of like my, my brain is doing this like weird explosion, like aha epiphany is just around hearing Ashton really talk about the legacy yeah. of... Yeah of subjecting people to either nothing or less than based on your whims. Yeah. But I mean, I think it, it's, it, it makes a whole lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a way to discriminate without it. it it's, it's a very e- easy way to make discrimination um, hard to see, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that we see that all the time still, you know, it's in the way that uh, they redlined, you know, mm-hmm. it's in the way that loans are are, are are meted out in different interest rates. It's the way that, like, you get an extra tax for going to any place where you have to barter, like a, a jewelry store or to uh, get a, buy a car or buy a house or, you know, all these different things where if there's ever any kind of uh, ambiguity, it can skew really negatively for people who are oppressed and really positively for people who aren't, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that understanding that and understanding it's... Um, the the reality of that kind of hopefully will give people pause in in how they engage in that. Mm-hmm. So, so Patrick, what else did y'all talk about when you were together? All right, uh, let's let's listen to that. So while you're doing this work, you know you have obviously you have your own job, right? Mm-hmm. And now what we all know is that being an organizer, being an activist, that becomes its own job by itself. Mm-hmm. How do you take care of yourself and keep yourself well while you're trying to take care of others and take care of the community? Um, I think a lot of it is about having a support network. Um, two, setting boundaries. I think one of the places that a lot of activists actually aren't good at is setting boundaries. Once you start helping people with one thing, they try to push you to help with everything. Um, It's kind of their want. And it's really good to have boundaries. And it's really good to stick to those boundaries because they will help you mentally have space. And they will also help you to know when to say no or that's not me. Um, It's not our job. We aren't heroes. We aren't saviors. So it's really important. I think the other thing is therapy like going to therapy is helpful having someone who can objectively who is out of the space you can speak to not just your friends about the struggles because unless your friends do this work even if they do do this work it's really difficult for them to understand the navigation um the industry i'm in there aren't a lot of crossbreed activists like me there are people of course who are activists and help hospitality workers Mm -hmm. but a lot of those people don't work in hospitality industry right so it's a very different conversation and angle they're coming from i actually still do service Mm -hmm. so there's there's not a lot of people who are within that space and so i i definitely think therapy is important um i think taking breaks is important and not apologizing for taking those breaks. There are some times where I just say, I can't come to that. I can't do that. I need a rest. And I think taking breaks is really important. I need to be better at eating more healthy and working out. Those are definitely places that have trailed off since I travel so much uh, for work and for activism. But I definitely think having a boundaries and a support network are really important. 
All right. All right. So um, I think, you know, I love the uh, all the pieces you just said right there. Um, you know, as a psychologist, this all fits. Right. So being able to set good boundaries, being able to say no. I mean, saying no is hard sometimes, especially when you know people need you. Mm-hmm. Right. And being able to kind of see those things that you need to work on, you know, like uh, being able to set smart goals and all that piece. And of course, you know, getting therapy um, in uh, in our community like getting past that stigma can be a really hard thing to do. It is a hard thing to do. Uh, Finding the right therapist is definitely a journey. I think specifically when we're talking about people who are of color, there's already so many stigmas related to going to therapy. Mm -hmm. And then the idea that you have to then work through and way through to find the right connection can seem really daunting. But I kind of think of it like, would you talk to the first realtor you met to buy a house? Chances are you wouldn't. Chances are you'd speak to a few realtors. You'd get some recommendations from other people. And I think if people took that approach to getting therapy, maybe they would feel a little bit more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I also just think it's about finding what type of therapy is for you. Sometimes maybe it's not a traditional one-on-one therapist. Maybe it's group therapy, Right. you know, and that could be something that makes you feel better. I think, or it could be community therapy or it could, you know, there isn't one style of therapy and just keeping yourself open to that and also transparent, Mm -hmm. right? What are your expectations from a therapist? Yeah. Yeah. So being able to communicate, being open. Yeah, I think around. a lot of people struggle with communicating what their needs are because they haven't done the step back and the processing to figure out what their needs actually are. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, that's fine too. But then you need to say that to a therapist. I don't know what my needs are. So I need someone to help me work through the process. And maybe they help you work through the process and you figure out, oh, this isn't the right therapist for me. And you can ask them to make a recommendation for someone else. That's true. That's true. You can say, hey, you took me through this process. I'm now realizing I think I need something different. I really appreciate it working with you thus far. And I think any therapist would be happy to do that, to know that you are still trying to continue your care. Absolutely. Um, So... We always like to close out with one last question, and it goes along with our, our mission, which is calling out the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you, in what you do and in life, um, what do you think is something, what, what is that elephant in the room that like sits there, it's invisible, but everyone is, is having to deal with like from your perspective? Oh, in the hospitality industry, there's too many elephants. The room is full of elephants. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that the ele- the elephant in the room in the hospitality industry is that it was built off of disempowering people, right? So you have a when the whole industry is built off of that, it's really difficult to say that any of it works in a way that is healthy because uh-huh. it's not. Uh-huh. From the back of the house, it's militaristic, <laughs> right? Which already has really unhealthy hierarchies. Um, and then when you place race and gender within something that already has a toxic structure, it only compounds that. Yeah. Um, and so what I would say, the biggest elephant in the room Right now, though, in the hospitality industry is the performance, right? People performing allyship, performing that they are doing well for their community when that's not actually true. And I think that's being reinforced by the powers that be or the organizations that rather than doing their research are allowing people to use identities as credentials. Mm which is really dangerous. Yeah, say say that again please. <laughs> please say that again. Yeah. I, that I think the most dangerous thing in the hospitality industry and I'm sure this goes outside of it is how the powers that be and the people who are sitting in structures rather than doing their research are allowing people to use identities as credentials. And I am an activist. I can definitely make recommendations for how people doing things, but I would never proclaim, even though I'm an advocate for some for people getting mental health, I would never proclaim to know what the right way to do that is. Right. I have done trauma care, but that's not my job full time. So I would never proclaim to be an expert in that. And right. the hospitality industry has a very, very bad habit 
of allowing people, whether it be because they're black or they're women and everything like that, just because somebody is a woman doesn't make them a feminist. Right. Just because they're, somebody is black doesn't mean that they're interested in leveraging power for everybody in their community. Well, so letting people use identities from creden- as credentials is extremely dangerous. Yes. And we've seen that play out multiple times in our industry. Um, and I, th- yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. For all of the psychologists listening, um, I'm currently working on trying to get a mental health fund started for the hospitality industry. But I would also like to say that if the one biggest thing that I struggle with when I'm trying to get people to go into therapy is that hours generally don't work well for people in the hospitality industry. Okay. So psychologists who are willing to just expand their hours or have one day a week where they can have a different set of hours for people who don't have traditional jobs mm-hmm. um, could really do wonders okay. because there's a whole market of people who could probably afford to have therapy, but it's just such a struggle for their schedule. Yeah. Well, so what's the what's that schedule like? Give us some times. Um, so having slightly later later hours is one thing. Um, having hours on Sundays and Mondays. Okay. Um, and definitely having afternoon hours on Sundays is one way you can really help out that uh, hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. A lot of people work brunch, and so being able after brunch to be like, oh, cool, I can go to brunch, I can have a therapy session, and if someone's on a double, even being like, I can work early brunch. I've got four hours in between, and then I can work a thing. That really allows them kind of a little bit more flexibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having just slightly later hours, I know that could be a little bit much, but even if it was one day a week where you're like, I offer a seven o'clock appointment, mm-hmm. could do wonders for a lot of people. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, my to the fellow psychologists who are listening, y'all, y'all heard it right there. Like, I don't have to tell you, that's a consumer telling you what needs to happen. So, um, I also, you know, our our primary demographic is um, the people who listen to us the most are uh, women of color. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm wondering, uh, since you had a message for the psychologists, you got a message for the sisters too. Oh yes, um, for all of the women of color out there, um, standing your power. Stand in your power, trust your intuition. That is that ancestral gift and like just stand in it. But also know that like we as women of color, whether we are black, whether we are Afro-Latina, whether no matter what we are, Mexican, um, we have to be better at sponsoring each other in conversations. We have to be better at leveraging space for each other, whether it be in our physical movements or whether it be in our conversations. Um, Yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing. The way that we see men network, the way that we see white men network Mm -hmm. is the way we have to be better at networking with each other. All right. So thank you so much for taking some time with us. Thank you. Thank you. Can you tell us how we might find you online or like who, how we should follow you or all that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am, my biggest platform is on Instagram, even though I only have 4,000 followers. And my name is at the collect R E S S. So the collectress. And I have a website that will be fully up at the end of February. But yeah, follow me on Instagram. Uh, I do a weekly reading where I kind of talk about themes larger in society. And I would try, I explain to everybody how they work in the hospitality industry. All right. Thank you so much. And you have at least 4,001 right now followers. Okay. (laughs) So we'll see. Um, so that was a great interview. You know, towards the end, Ashton's really getting into a lot of things around wellness, self-care, yeah. um, the importance of psychology. And then we got the mic drop. Yeah. Um, what's the mic drop? I felt like the piece about, you know, you know, identity doesn't make you an expert. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nor an advocate. No. I mean, I think that that, that speaks to so many spaces, right? Uh, and I, I really like the, the piece about because she talked about people doing the research and doing the work, right? So um, one of the things that I think we've tried to do with the podcast is when we don't know, when we're not the expert, we want to bring that person in. We want them to talk about what's going on. So we're not experts in hospitality activism. You know, we didn't even know about the existence of it prior to talking to Ashton. Um, But getting to hear her voice, I'm hoping that... um, some folks can kind of awaken to the reality of, of an industry that we all use all the time. Right. 
Absolutely. And really understand the legacy of tipping culture and the ways in which threads around um, elitism, around um, oppression come into every time you get that receipt and put that pen to the paper. Right. Really think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And regardless of what people think about the service or what's going on, understanding that tipping is a social justice activity. Mm -hmm. You cannot underpay people for their work. If you have a problem with somebody, go complain, you know, have a conversation with them. Don't come back, put a Yelp review. I don't know. But that person who brought the food out, put it in front of you, or that person who did whatever they do that has a normalized tip, they brought the food to your house, whatever, you owe them their wage, mm -hmm. you know? Otherwise, the food would be more expensive and you would pay it that way. So pay people, tip people, pay attention to this. When you hear about McDonald's workers striking or you hear about hotel industry workers striking, don't just worry about whether you get your Big Mac or whether you're able to get your stay on time. Mm -hmm. Understand these are real people's lives and real people are trying to do real things so that they can like continue want to live and be happy, but also continue to like do all these things that we need done um, because the hospitality, you can't do hospitality without hosting other people. And, mm -hmm. and if you're engaging in it and you're not working in it, then you're the one being hosted. Absolutely. So be sure to follow Ashton on Instagram. She goes by The Collectress. Um, and we'll put out uh, some information about her, some of the articles that she's been featured in in our newsletter. So you can check that out by going on the website, namiapodcast.com. Right. And so scroll on down and sign up for the newsletter that we put out every episode. Yeah, and big shout out to all the uh, hospitality workers out there, especially uh, right now, specifically in New Orleans, because we were out there and uh, we, there's a lot of hospitality in New Orleans. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of good food, a lot of everything. So, uh, all right, so is that it? Are we, are we yeah, done for so the day? Absolutely, but you know, as always, go ahead and follow us on, on all of our social media sites. Please share the podcast with your peeps and go ahead and give us a review and some Stars. Yeah, we are. Well, we ain't been doing the work in a while, so. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to other stuff.